Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, for these testimonies we've heard tonight. Father, uh, we just rejoice in the way you use each one of these dear ones, Father, to proclaim your glorious gospel and to share Christ. Father, may we take those opportunities, Lord, that you give us not, to not be ashamed of the gospel and to be bold with our witness as we've seen uh, tonight. Father, we pray for these who are sick and afflicted, and we pray that you'd bring healing, touch, bring a healing touch to them, give them grace uh, through the journey of suffering. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that uh, we, we do have a home on the other side, uh, Lord, that is being prepared for us. And we know that one day um, all this suffering will be worth it all when we see Christ. And so now, Father, uh, we do want to pray for Denny as he has this surgery this Tuesday and just pray that all will go well. Guide the doctor's hands. And, uh, Father, just uh, help him with a speedy recovery and touch him and give him strength. Father, we thank you for bringing Josh to us tonight, Lord. And we pray uh, for him, Lord. Pray that you'd keep your hand of protection over him. Uh, Keep him uh, safe, Lord, and we thank you for his service to our country and to you. And, uh, Lord, we just pray that you'd bless him and his family uh, as he seeks to to glorify you and to, to walk in your ways. So thank you for bringing him to our midst. And now, Lord, we ask you to open our eyes that we might gain understanding once again from your precious word. This we ask in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. If you'll take your Bibles with me and turn to 2 Kings. Let's go to 2 Kings tonight. We're continuing our series, The Steps of Elisha. And we're focusing on the life and character of the prophet Elisha. As we mentioned last week as we began this series, that uh, most Bible studies and and series are are, uh, usually on Elijah. You know, he's got bigger stories sometimes, and uh, he's the prominent one. But, but the Lord led me to Elisha because uh, uh, I believe there's so much that we can gain from his life and his experiences and his walk with the Lord and how God used him. And so we're in, we're in 2 Kings and chapter 2. <clears throat> we're going to pick it up there. So if you would look at me... Uh, <clears throat> As you recall, that uh, uh, we talked about last week, that Elijah saw Elisha in the field plowing, you know, the crops and and the field. And Elijah came over and took his off his mantle, which again we talked about that mantle as as a symbol that that the prophets wore, and he threw it over the shoulder of Elisha, letting Elisha know that he was chosen of God to be a prophet. And to follow in the footsteps of Elijah. And so that's what he did. He left the field, left his family, and, and went. And, and he uh, pretty much is about 15 years he t- traveled with Elijah. And, uh, and, and Elijah began to mentor him. And so we're coming to the time here now where God is going to remove Elijah. And Elisha is going to take his place in the ministry. So let's pick it up at verse 1. Let's read 1 through 6. 
of chapter 2, 2 Kings. And it came about when the Lord was about to take up Elijah by a whirlwind to heaven, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives, as you yourself live, I will not leave you. See, he already knew that God was going to come and take Elijah away. So he wasn't going to let Elijah out of his sight. So then they went down to Bethel. Then the sons of the prophets, and again, the sons of the prophets, they're part of a prophet school. They had a school back then where men would go if they desired to be a prophet of God. It was a school that they would learn the ways of God and and know whether or not they are truly called. But then the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? Boy, you know, all of a sudden he's realizing, you know, he, and he knows this. Look what he says in the end of verse 3. And he said, Yes, I know. Be still. In other words... You know, don't just just be still. I know this. You know, I know I know what's happening. I know God is going to take him away f- from me and and take him out of the way uh, in in God's time. But the the prophets, the sons of the prophets, knew too. So word got out. Elijah had told people that he he is going to be leaving in some miraculous way, and he didn't talk about dying. But uh, verse four, and Elijah said to him, Elisha. Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. So they arrive at Bethel, then it's time to Elijah to go to Jericho. But he said, Elisha said to him, As the Lord lives, and you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. So this is repeated. The same thing. Verse 5, And the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho approached Elisha and said, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master f- from over you today? And he answered, yes, I know. (laughs) Be still. And then Elijah said to him, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to where? Jordan. And he said, (laughs) here he goes through it again, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. The two of them went on. What we see here is, <clears throat> um, is interesting. If we just read it as it is, you know, we, we just see Elijah going from one place to another. But what's fascinating about this, if you do a study on it, is that Elijah is basically taking the route that Joshua and the Israelites took until they got to the river Jordan. First, they first ended up at Bethel, and then Gilgal, I mean Bethel, then Jericho, and then the Jordan. And so they came up to the Jordan River. And it's amazing to see the comparisons. I want you to see the comparisons between Elijah and Elisha, and Moses and Joshua. 
amazing similarities, God wants to teach basically similar lessons to Elijah and Elisha as he did Moses and especially Joshua. Of course, they came to the here, they came to the Jordan River, just like Joshua did, and his uh, and the Israelites. Turn to Joshua chapter 3. So I want you to see this. Go to Joshua 3, verse 1, and here's the, the account. <clears throat> they arrive at, you know, Moses had died, <clears throat> and again, Joshua is a lot like Elisha, okay? Joshua has to follow in the footsteps of Moses. He's going to take over the the ministry of overseeing the children of Israel. And uh, and the people are thinking nobody could be like Moses. And I'm sure that's what was happening with the the sons of the prophets and others who, who heard that Elijah's going to be gone soon. And so who's going, to ta- who's going to follow him? Elisha. And they're, they're, they don't know much about this guy. They don't know uh, if, he's, if he's going to be able to do the job or not. The same with Joshua. But look, look at verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and he and all the sons of Israel set out for Shittim and came to the Jordan, and they lodged there before they crossed. And it came about at the end of three days that the officers went through the midst of the camp and commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, with the Levitical priests carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. And remember, that represented God, that Ark of the Covenant, His presence. However, there shall be between you and it a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. And then Joshua said to the people, verse 5, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. God had told Joshua, I'm going to do something special. And so he didn't know you know, how God was going to do this. But remember, he had seen uh, Moses uh, used of God to stand before the Red Sea, right? And it parted. And then the Israelites crossed on dry ground. So now God is going to do the same kind of miracle for Joshua, just like he did for Moses and look at, he says, consecrate yourselves, the Lord's going to do wonders to, among you. And Joshua spoke to the priests and said, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over ahead of the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went ahead of the people. Now the Lord said to Joshua, and here's, here's the key verse, verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you. In the sight of all Israel, that they may know that just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. And that's the key. There, this is one of the great purposes and plans of God at this point. He wanted the people to know that he had chosen Joshua to take over from Moses. 
And so he was, the people were watching Joshua this whole time. But God said it. The Lord said it to Joshua. Now's the day that I'm going to exalt you like I did Moses. And that all may know that just as I've been with Moses, now I'm with you. And then you know the rest of the story that they, you know, that the Ark of the Covenant went first and the waters of the Jordan River parted and they went across on dry ground. So I wanted you to see this because if you go back now, let's flip back to 2 Kings 2. We see the similar situation. They come to the Jordan, Elijah and Elisha. Okay. <clears throat> And they come to the Jordan, and uh, look at verse 7 with me, okay, of of chapter 2. Now, 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood opposite them at a distance, while the two of them stood at the Jordan. Do you see see the similar picture here? Okay. These 50 men of the sons of the prophets kind of are, 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 uh, represent the children of Israel when Moses came to the Red Sea and, and, they, and then Joshua came to the Jordan and Joshua came with the Israelites to the Jordan and how are they going to get across? And so a, a similar setup here. You know, Elijah is, is a picture of Moses. Elisha is a picture of Joshua. And here they come to the Jordan. Now, and so God wants to do something incredible, right? He's going to do something incredible uh, to show his power. And now this is, this is much like the first time when Moses led the children of Israel through the, the Red Sea. Verse 8, look what Elijah does. And Elijah took his mantle, folded it together, and he struck the waters, and they were divided here, and here and there, so that the two of them crossed over on what? Dry ground. Isn't this amazing? The, the, the similarities and, and the parallel with Moses and Joshua? And so they crossed on dry ground. And of course, the prophets, sons of the prophets, are looking and going, wow, did you see that? Look at the, look at the uh, power that God is with our, the great Elijah. And uh, look, look what happened. The waters parted. This tr- incredible miracle that happened back when Joshua brought them to the River Jordan. And so we see, we see the parallel. But then we're going to see later on the parallel here of, uh, of how Elisha uh, fits, fits the picture uh, or the portrait of Joshua. Here, Elijah is a, is, gives us a picture of Moses and what happened there. And so we come now to verse 9. Now it came about when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. So basically, he's He's saying, you know, ask me something. What would you like before I leave? You know, sort of like a father, you know, who may be dying and, 
He calls his son to his bedside. What can I do for you before I leave? What can I give you? Uh, he's, he, he's just giving him a, a carte blanche uh, offer of you choose. Much like the Lord said to Solomon. Solomon, um, what would you ask me for? I'll give it to you. So here, now, we didn't know if Elisha would be thinking, oh, maybe he could, he could do something, you know, uh, he would give me some, uh, you know, some extra wealth, maybe some land, maybe, you know, may, he could have been thinking materially, right, which many of us do. If someone offers you something, you're thinking of, yeah, I could use, use more money in the bank, or I, could, I wouldn't mind a new car, something like that. But look at what Elisha asks for the rest of verse 9. And Elisha said, please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Let a double, double portion of your spirit be upon me. Now, this would show us right, right away where Elisha's heart was. What is he desiring? He could have asked for anything. But he says, I just want a double portion of the spirit you have, which is, of course, the, Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit that worked in Elijah. So he's, he's seen Elijah's, uh, how God has used him. And his desire as he's stepping into the ministry is to say to Elijah, I want God to use me like he did you. But I want him to use me even more than he did you. He was basically saying, uh, may my ministry just, uh, may I have, have the ability to, to minister and, and have the boldness to to share uh, the messages of God and the prophecies of God. Give me the double, he asked for the double portion of your spirit upon me. Now, where do we get this, this phrase, double portion, from? Okay, well, turn with me to Deuteronomy. I want you to see this, Deuteronomy 21. So if we go to Deuteronomy chapter 21, we find it in the Law of Moses, <clears throat> verse 15. Okay, Deuteronomy 21, we'll pick it up at verse 15. <clears throat> this concerns domestic uh, regulations that God let, put upon the children of Israel and their families. If a man has two wives, okay, so, uh, and some of them would, would have, you know, just like Abraham did. And if, if a man has two wives, the one loved and the other unloved, Speaking of, you know, he, he chose one wife over the other to love more and basically to be his wife and the other one kind of, kind of didn't have the love that, that uh, she first received from him. And both the loved and the unloved have borne him sons. If the firstborn son belongs to the unloved, then it shall be in the day he wills what he has to his sons. He cannot make the son of the loved the firstborn before the son of the unloved who is the firstborn. So basically, God is, is saying to the, 
to the Israelites, you know, you don't choose favorites here. You know, whoever is the firstborn in your family, he is the one that is going to get the double blessing. Okay? And we see that next. Here in verse, <clears throat> verse 17. But he, the father, shall acknowledge the firstborn, the son of the unloved, by giving him a double portion of all that he has. There's that phrase, double portion. For he is the beginning of his strength. To him belongs the right of the firstborn. So basically what would happen is here, the, uh, the firstborn would receive a double, double portion of the inheritance and basically, this is how it works. Uh, for instance, if a father had five sons, uh, <clears throat> a father with five sons would divide his inheritance into six parts, okay? He has five sons, and, he's, uh, and for his in, the inheritance, he's going to divide it up in, uh, uh, you know, in six parts. Six parts. Why six parts instead of five if he's got five sons? It's because the firstborn is going to receive a double portion of the inheritance. Whereas the rest of the sons, his brothers, are just going to receive the one portion. So you see, you, so this is where it comes from, that, that basically the firstborn always got more when the father died and the inheritance was given out. The firstborn always received double of what his brothers would receive. Okay, so this is where it's coming from. So, um, so this is what Elisha has in mind as he as he hears Elijah, like a father, say to him, "Son, what would you want?" And basically, he is he he's saying this uh, to to uh, Elijah. Uh, he says to Elijah here. Uh, this is what I want. I want the double portion. That's, uh, that's, that's the one thing I want. And Elisha is basically uh, a, a spiritual son of Elijah. And that's how we have to look at this relationship. Elijah is like the spiritual father. Elisha is the spiritual son. <clears throat> and we... Uh, we know that that uh, God has has always had through through the uh, growth of the church, uh, He has brought people into our lives that He wants us to mentor. There are those in your life that God brought and maybe are bringing, where He wants you to be Elijah, and that person, whoever it may be, that needs guidance, spiritual guidance, to be Elisha. And God gives us the opportunity to be spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers to, to others who are in Christ. They may be babies in Christ. They need to grow. And I know many of you, as I look around, many of you were, have give, been given opportunities by God to mentor people. And you've taken that responsibility on you. And you said, well, God, this is what God wants me to do. And sometimes we, we tend to forget this. 
It's so easy. All I care about is me. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to take care of my family. All I care about is me, 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 me. And we forget that with God, suddenly God may bring uh, a young believer into our life. And we could just say, oh, good. You, you got saved. Praise the Lord. And we have an opportunity. They may live close to us. We may be able to connect with them and, and be able to, to lead them in maturity to Christ through his word and, and mentoring them spiritually. But so, it's so often that we just kind of go, I'm too busy. How, how sad it is. But God gives us these opportunities. And how wonderful it is to see, like I've seen in many of your lives, seeing you mentor the others who were, who were in need of spiritual guidance in their life and need to grow in the Lord. You know, this, uh, look with me then, uh, if you go back with me to 2 Kings, okay, flip back to 2 Kings chapter 2, so that's where the double portion comes from, and Elisha wants a double portion spiritually, not materially, but spiritually, he wants a double portion of the spirit that came upon Elijah all his ministry. Look at verse 10. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. This is Elijah speaking. Nevertheless, okay, here's the condition. You want a double, double portion? If you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. In other words, if you see me taken away by God, then that will be a sign to you that God has given you a double portion of the spirit he gave to me. Then he goes on and says, but if not, it shall not be so. In other words, if I disappear and you don't see, see something, see God take me in a miraculous way, then basically God is saying no to your request. You won't get a d- double, double portion of, of the spirit. Okay, and so... Uh, uh, look at verse 11 then it came about as they were going along and talking that behold there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire which separated the two of them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven he went up by a whirlwind to heaven so it took place this miraculous event finally took place. It was God's timing. Now, before we go on, uh, this double portion, um, if you listen on television to some of the uh, preachers and, uh, they're, they're, and, and some of the books, um, especially those that promote the health and wealth gospel, um, you will hear that phrase used a lot, double portion. God, and you deserve a double portion. God's going to bless you in such a way, if you give, where's the offering plate? If you give, then, you know, God's going to give you a double blessing. A double, you'll you'll receive a double portion. I I, want to read this from a famous preacher today. Okay, so this... This comes from a preacher that is very well known today. 
Okay, and um, this is what he wrote in one of his devotionals. Okay, no matter what has been taken away from you, no matter what you've lost or experienced in the past, if you give it over to God, he will return to you more than you could ask or imagine. He'll make things right and give you more than what was lost or stolen. The Bible says that when you put your hope in God, he blesses you with a double portion. He uses it right there. Takes it out of context. God wants to multiply your joy, peace, wisdom, health, finances. A double portion of his favor in every area of your life. Doesn't that sound good? Wouldn't you all like that? Sure we would. That's why he has a great following. Double portion of his favor in every area of your life. The first step is moving forward into this fresh future. And how to do it is to forget the disappointments of yesterday. It's time to turn loose those disappointments of your past and reach out in faith to God's abundant future. Notice there is truth, some truth in there. But he's taken truth and mixed it with error, and he's basically taken this double portion and is using it to get people to follow and believe that God is just going to keep just just going to give you uh, perfect health. He'll give you. He'll make you rich, and he's going to do all these things. Just forget the past, and then this is his. Then he, he at the end of his devotional on this page. He puts this prayer. He says, pray this prayer. God, I praise you today because you are the God of the double portion. I give you the losses and disappointments of my past, trusting your love and provision for me in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's what's out there. That's, that's how this double portion has been used. But when I, we consider a believer... Okay, what has God given you? You know, like Elisha, we may desire something from the Lord. But quickly, I want you to turn to Romans 8 with me. Turn to Romans chapter 8, and then we're going to have to wrap this up. But Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Is it only a few Christians that that get really blessed by God? I mean, and that uh, the rest of us are kind of left out. That some get the double portion, so to speak, and others don't. Look what, talking about the inheritance we receive through Christ. Verse 14 of Romans 8, Paul writes, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry, we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Verse 17, and if children, if we are the children of God, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him in order that, uh, if indeed we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. 
Here, Apostle Paul talks about the inheritance. We are all heirs of God through Christ. We're all blessed with the richest spiritual blessings of Christ in your life and mine. You don't have more than I do when it comes to the spiritual gifts and inheritance that God gives to his children. We are, we are all the same. And though Elisha is going to receive the double portion, take, take heart this, this morning. Don't let people like this preacher uh, sway you to think that, well, God, God must not be happy with me, and God doesn't hear my prayers because I don't have this and I don't have that, and this prayer wasn't answered and this prayer wasn't answered. God, we are all the children of God, and he's going to meet every provision in our life. <coughs> But our ultimate inheritance is where? In heaven. It's prepared for you. One day you will receive it there. So I just wanted to point that out concerning the double blessing. But let's go back now to 2 Kings uh, chapter 2. Okay, so suddenly there appears a chariot of fire and horses of fire. And they come between Elijah and Elisha. And it says... And Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven. You know, when you see pictures of this in, in, in Sunday school and that, you, picture, you see a picture of Elijah sitting in the chariot. But it's interesting. Some believe that he didn't actually ride in the chariot up to heaven. I like to think he did. But, but notice it, it said that, uh, before this that he would be, he would be taken up... Uh, by a whirlwind and then here it says the chariot appeared in horses which separated them so the the chariot may have been just sent to to separate elisha from elijah but it says elijah went up by what a whirlwind to heaven isn't that interesting whirlwind but either way god miraculously takes him out without death Who's the other man in the Bible that never experienced death? Yes, very good. Enoch. Those are the two. Enoch and Elijah were the two that never experienced experienced death. And this is kind of like a picture, gives us an Old Testament picture of what the rapture is going to be like. When the trumpet sounds, up we're going to go. In the moment, in in, in the twinkling of an eye, in an instant, and we shall be changed. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. How wonderful is that? that we have that blessed hope. But then verse 12, and Elisha saw it. There it is. Elisha saw it. What does that tell us? That God said yes to his request. He's going to receive a double portion of the spirit that God laid on Elijah. God's going to use him in an even greater way. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, my father, my father. There it is. Why is he calling him father? It's because, again, he's looking on Elijah as his spiritual father. But now he's seeing him taken away from him. My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. It's like, I see them. I see them. God's answered my prayer, my request. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in pieces. This was a sign, of course, of mourning. He was mourning the loss as if Elijah died, but he separated from him. He's been with him 15 years, looked up to him. He was a spiritual father, and now he's gone. And so he's mourning at this time. 
Okay? But then look what, what Elijah leaves behind, verse 13. He also then, Elisha, took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. That didn't go up in the chariot or up in the whirlwind. The mantle we talked about fell from him. And, okay, he took up the mantle and returned. And what did he do? He stood by the bank of the Jordan. So he takes, he had just seen not too long ago, uh, Elijah, what he did with his mantle, folded up, hit the Jordan, and the Jordan parted, and they walked across on dry ground. Well, guess what? Now, Elisha is going to see if God truly did give him a double portion. And here it is. So he, 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 he stood by the Jordan in verse 14, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and he struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Basically, he's calling out, okay, Lord, where are you? You said, Elijah said that if I saw this happen, you would give me a double portion. And he he used that mantle and said, Lord, where are you? And when he also had struck the waters, what happened? They were divided here and there. And Elisha crossed over on dry ground. Here's the, 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 the closing picture. Okay. Elisha was reassured by God that God's favor was on him for ministry. And I want each one of us to leave here tonight knowing that God's favor is upon all of us. Every one of you tonight, God's favor is upon you. You may not feel it. It may not look like it. But God's favor is upon you because you're his child. You're in the palm of his hand. No one can pluck you out of his hand. He's going to take care of you. He's going to meet your every need. And it may not be the way you thought, but he's going to, he's going to watch over you until the trumpet sounds, till he takes you home. But just like he gave uh, uh, Elisha a double portion of the spirit of Elijah, so all of us have received, so to speak, that double portion, which is the inheritance in Christ. May we take heart and hold on to that truth tonight and be encouraged that the Lord is with you just like he was with Elisha. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for showing us these many truths from your inspired word concerning the life of Elisha. Father, you put a call on his life for ministry. Father, you have put a call on all our lives for ministry. We're all part of the body of Christ. And Father, may we remember that we were given an inheritance in Christ. Help us not to get discouraged, Lord, for Satan would love to discourage our hearts and keep us there. But Father, help us to keep our eyes upon your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that in him is our inheritance, and you will provide all our needs because your favor rests upon your children. We pray all this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen.